Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 18 of Revelation chapter 7. And we're going to be reading Revelation 7 verse 17. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now we've been looking at this chapter for a few weeks, and uh, especially these last few verses in our uh, previous studies, and we've seen that God here is describing the great multitude that comes out of great tribulation, and he is discussing the events that take place on the earth, because it says back in verse 15 that the great multitude is before the throne of God, serving him day and night in his temple. And and that means that there is still time on the earth, and this fits our present situation where the great tribulation is past. God has saved all of his elect, and, and so we have come out of great tribulation, yet time continues while the Lord is pouring out his wrath upon the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. And during this time, God's people serve him in his spiritual temple, doing service to God as he commands us to feed my sheep. And uh, even in this passage, uh, he he said in verse 17, the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them. And that is a big emphasis of the Lord for these days uh, uh, concerning his people. We are here, and yes, God will try us. He will test us severely. But he also has great concern that uh, his people be spiritually fed. And the way that he intends to do that is through the opening up of the scriptures that God himself performed at the beginning of the Great Tribulation and continues to do so or continues to reveal the scriptures as they have already been open in the Day of Judgment. As we read in Romans 2 verse 5, the Day of Wrath is also the Day of the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. And that's why we've been learning uh, a good many things during these days after the tribulation. And and here the Lamb is the one feeding them because he is in complete control of the process of the opening up of his word and granting understanding to his people. And God is the one moving within uh, his children to understand these things and share them with others. So it, it all finally reverts back to him, and he is the one that is actually doing it and, and accomplishing these things uh, as he has always done through his people. And also it says, and shall lead them or guide them unto living fountains of waters. And we were discussing this in our last Bible study, that this is the same word, the Greek word translated as lead, that is translated as guide back in John 16, verse 13, where the Lord said that the Holy Spirit will come and guide you into all truth. And now we realize 
that this is a statement explaining that the whole outworking of God's salvation program has been an imparting of his truth to his people. First, a little bit, and then a little more with the Old Testament and the New Testament um, expanding that truth and increasing it. And then, finally, at the time of the end, the opening up of the sealed word of God and the amount of truth greatly increased, but yet not all truth. And even as we entered into the day of judgment, more information, further understanding is given to the people of God, but still not all truth. No, that is something that can only be completed in eternity future. And and so God is continuing the process of guiding his sheep, his people, unto living fountains of waters and that process never never ends. Uh, we will always thirst in that sense, thirst after the the righteous word of God, thirst after truth, and and God will always quench our thirst through the uh, leading of His Spirit as He opens up our spiritual eyes and ears to comprehend and understand the word of God and. And this will continue into the new heavens and new earth. Uh, won't it be wonderful? Won't it be glorious when we can all uh, be with the Lord Jesus Christ? And he is our Bible teacher. And it, it'll, it'll be like one wonderful Bible conference where Christ is teaching each one of us. He he has the ability to uh, personally instruct an individual and, and yet at the same time instruct multitudes. Uh, I don't know how God does that. It's the same way when we pray to him. Here uh, are thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people at once praying to God all over the earth and each one given individual undivided attention and concern and care by the Father above, and and yet he is able to do this with multitudes of people, and and no one is ignored, no one is lacking the full undivided attention of God. Well, likewise, when God teaches his people in this future, in, in this uh, world to come, when this world is past and and he will be instructing us concerning himself i mean we we just have to uh realize that the bible is a book that reveals the infinite mind of god and we are only able to scratch the surface of it remember that statement in john 21 and this is very significant when we think about what is it that God could teach us forevermore. Well, in John 21, um, it says in verse 25, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written 
Amen. It, it's uh, really incredible how God could probably take any verse of the many verses of the Bible and he could go into in-depth detail analyzing and, and, and telling us the meaning of what is stated there and we would just be in all of the wonderful truth that God has hidden within his word and and then we go to the next verse and the next verse and and the Lord Jesus Christ will be instructing his people about himself about the person of God and and there's an eternity past that God has existed and and been involved in all sorts of things and we will be able to learn about this God and it is an eternal joy for the child of God to learn of the great God that has saved him. And and just as the true believer rejoices and is happiest today, um, when we learn something new or, or something we never realized before from the Bible, well, this will be a big part of our joy forevermore as we're continually learning about the person of eternal God. Well, uh, going back to Revelation 7:17, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the thr- throne shall feed them, and shall lead them or guide them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. God will wipe away all tears. This is um, repeated in Revelation 21. In verse 3 and 4, And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And I'm going to read verse 5 too, because there's an important statement there. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. True and faithful. We can count on this coming to pass. We can depend upon it, trust in it. We can be assured of it, that the God that cannot lie, in which it's actually an impossibility for him to lie, is telling us this is what you have to look forward to, what you can expect. And and yes, I know um, who I'm talking to. I know that uh, I'm talking to creatures that uh, live in a world where, where it seems at times that there's uh, nothing but death and sorrow and crying and pain where there's nothing but misery, nothing but uh, disease and, and, and just the ugly consequences of sin. And, and I understand this is the world that you presently are in and you cannot imagine uh, a world without these things. Yet this is my plan. This is the plan of God for his people to create a new heaven 
and a new earth, and his people a rejoicing, to give them eternal life. And that would mean no more death, no more disease, and and no more sickness and sorrow, and, and sin will be no more, no more pain that uh, all of these things bring. And no more tears. All tears will be wiped away. Now, uh, this is a fact. It is uh, what God is stating will happen in the eternity to come. And there will be um, His people living in perfect happiness and, and peace and joy and, and so on. They will have all the good things, all the blessings, all of the uh, fruit of the Spirit and none of the things that that come through sin because sin will be removed forevermore. Well, that's a true statement that God is giving us and yet we have seen that Revelation 7 has been discussing the great multitude living on the earth in the day of judgment and We've seen how the statements, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, and the sun will not fall on them, nor any heat, how that applies to God's people living at this time. And also how the Lord is desirous to feed his people and guide them unto living fountains of waters. And this also has application at this time as well as into eternity future. But How can we understand that God will wipe away all tears from their eyes? We, we can, uh, understand that for, for the next world, once this world is destroyed, but certainly these days after the the tribulation have been very grievous, very trying, very troubling of mind and, and just, just so difficult. For the people of God, God's people certainly have shed tears over the situation with some in their families as they give no evidence of salvation and the realization that the door of heaven is shut. And just the the sorrow is present now. Tears are certainly falling now from the eyes of God's people. So we we would have to say, well, maybe God is just speaking in the future tense. He does say he shall wipe away all tears. But yes, it's true that there is going to be um, a literal fulfillment of that idea that God will wipe away all tears. And, and tears will no longer be shed by God's elect once they enter into the new heaven and new earth. But could there be a spiritual understanding to this statement. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Perhaps a spiritual understanding that could apply to the time of judgment while God's people are alive upon the earth. But what could that be? Well, let's look at a few verses and see if we can begin to understand maybe this a little bit. In Second Corinthians chapter 2, It says in verse 4, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart 
I wrote unto you with many tears, not that ye should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. Now here God is moving the Apostle Paul to to declare that he has written to the Corinthians with many tears. Now this we could understand to mean that he has shared the word of God, because that's exactly what Paul wrote to them. He wrote the word of God. It was inspired, as a matter of fact, and is part of the Bible. And and therefore, he was sharing the gospel with them with tears. And that idea matches what the Apostle Paul also is moved to say in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 28, it says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Well, does the Apostle Paul mean this literally? That uh, night and day for three full years as he warned people? And, and that would mean, of course, that he declared the warnings of the Bible, the warnings of the gospel. Did he cry every single uh, uh, day and night, or night and day, uh, every time he shared the word of God? I, I do know someone who does get very emotional when they share the gospel, and they do tend to tear up sometimes. But this would be this would be highly unlikely for someone like Paul. Uh, maybe occasionally, yes, you you get overtaken by emotion by the thought that some are going to perish and you can shed some tears but night and day for a period of three years did he literally warn them with tears and of course the answer is no it cannot be understood literally it is just a reference it is a spiritual reference to sowing the gospel, sharing the gospel, and and it is a sorrowful thing because so many are going to perish and so many are not going to take warning and and so many are in their sins and under the wrath of God and subject to that eternal destruction all around us. It I remember in the days leading up to May 21, 2011, the months and, and the weeks and then the days as that, that day approached and it, it just got all the more sorrowful because the more we shared the word of God, the more we warn people that this day is coming, the day that God will judge the world and we told people he's going to shut the door of heaven and because we saw many not take warning and it was grievous and especially 
if it was relatives or friends or neighbors and and those were acquainted with and yet uh there was maybe an occasional tear but there was not crying every time every day that uh, no it it is a figure of speech to represent the sorrow in which the gospel seed is sown and we can know this uh, for sure because god tells us that in psalm 126 and uh, i'm going to go back there and we'll read psalm 126 that says in verse 5 they that sow in tears shall reap in joy he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him now here god is speaking of one of the seasons of his um, spiritual harvest there is a time to sow or a time to plant we read in the book of ecclesiastes and then a time to pluck up that which is planted or a time to reap and the day of salvation was a time of sowing seed a time of scattering the seed of the word of god upon the hearts of men and hoping and praying oh father may this be one that is a chosen one of your elect that you have predestinated to hear and receive these things and to become a child of yours and 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 this was done with with sorrow and in in a, a spiritual sense with tears night and day as God's people sowed the gospel and God identifies that as sowing in tears and and uh one going forth and weeping bearing precious seed but the time of reaping is a time of rejoicing a time of of reaping in joy and and that is the time we're presently living in god has ended the program of evangelization he has ended the program of sowing seed so that sinners might hear and become saved therefore since god identifies and associates sowing seed with tears he can say that he has wiped away all tears from their eyes now let's um step back and again realize the context of revelation 7 the great multitude has come out of great tribulation the final season of god's harvest the latter rain fell simultaneously with the great tribulation and produced that final harvest the precious fruit that will be brought in at the feast of ingathering they've all uh, all the seed has been sown all the tears therefore have been shed by god's people as they went forth with that precious seed as they sowed the seed and now in the day of judgment a time of reaping according to revelation 14 there is spiritually figuratively there is rejoicing going on and and this does not mean that 
God's people will not shed physical tears during these days. We, we already mentioned how we, that's certainly not the case. We, we cry. We're, we sorrow physically, literally. But spiritually, God does not recognize sowing seed. You're not to sow seed upon desolate land, upon land that is destroyed by fire and brimstone. The season of sowing has ended. And therefore, he has wiped away all tears from our eyes. And, and he doesn't say it here, but, but this would also mean that in a spiritual sense, this is a season of rejoicing, of joying in what God has done as he has saved everyone that he intended to save. That is a great cause of, of praising God and rejoicing before him. 